Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, South Bay Spotlight, on August 1st, 2019. Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a really beautiful place to do just that. The South Bay Show is brought to you by the Academy of Foreign Languages. If you have any interest in learning a new language or brushing up on existing language skills, you should know about the Academy of Foreign Languages. Located in Palos Verdes, the Academy of Foreign Languages specializes in the art of communication. Their mission is to provide the finest language instruction possible. They recognize that each student has distinctive needs and craft their teaching technique to optimize an individual's particular learning skills. At the Academy of Foreign Languages, they strive to create a comfortable environment conducive to learning. So whether you're learning a new language or would simply like to converse in your native tongue, the Academy of Foreign Languages can accommodate you. For additional information, visit their website at academyofforeignlanguages.com, that's all spelled out, or call 310-975-4133. I'm your host. Joe Terry, and you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose, that's what we talk about here on The South Bay Show. And of course, I'm not alone because of our great partnership with SouthBayByJackie.com and executive producer of The South Bay Show, Jackie Balestra. Hey, Jackie, how are you today? I'm doing well, Joe. I'm doing I'm doing very well. I'm doing much better than last Friday when oh. I, apparently we got hacked uh our show. Yeah. That was nutty. We had, we had started the show and we have, you know, we have a studio, we have a board. Yeah. And yeah. you know, you can see all the people that are on the call and you who's on mic, who's muted, who's in the green room. And yeah. last Friday something happened that never happened before. Somebody hacked into our system and they were they were switching all the buttons it was right. it, that was that was nutty it was, well it was either it, it was either a ghost or it was a hacker and i'm going with the hacker <laughs> it was strange it had never happened before and uh they are looking at it but uh i have no idea what went wrong and it wasn't on like one computer it wasn't just my computer it was on your computer and your home and i don't know what's going on yeah, it was, it was weird. weird. I'm sitting here and I'm I'm watching I'm watching the 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 buttons change. I'm like, wait a minute. Some did you just put us on mic and you said no? And I'm like, wait, did you just mute us? And you're like, no. And I'm like, why is Kelly in the green room? And it 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 was crazy. So we were like, let's get the yeah. heck off the air. Anyway, so I'm glad that seems to be handled and taken care of. We're not dealing with that. But anyway, um, just wanted to mention a couple of things. Um, yeah. As you know, my um my nephew is visiting us. Uh, from Florida, he's going to be staying with us for a couple of weeks uh, before he starts college uh, in the uh, at the end of August. Um, so mm. you know how I have my nieces and nephews out. You know, every summer I have somebody out to stay with us, and it's always so much fun because it's like having a kid in the house. You know, is like the perfect excuse mm-hmm. <laughs> to get out and have fun, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and over the years it's changed. You know, when they're younger, we do one set of things, and as they get older, you do other things. And 
So we've been out running around. Last night we went to the point in El Segundo mm-hmm. to um, to to watch Feed the Kitty play, um, and ran into everybody. Uh, I t- I already took him to In and Out Burger. As a matter of fact, once he got off the plane, we went right to the In and Out Burger at LAX. Uh, mm-hmm. which, you know, you know, the one in Westchester, um, right next to the airport where the, where the planes land. I call it the airport in and out. Yeah, the airport. Well, you know, it's funny because I do believe there are in and outs within the airport. There are in and outs in different terminals, I think. So, right, so this right. is the yeah the West. I call it the Westchester in and out, but uh, that's always like a classic Southern California thing you have to do. And I and I do that pretty much with with anybody that comes to visit me that I'm picking up at the airport. You know, just take them straight there because everybody's heard of it. Everybody knows it, and he's never had an in and out burger before, so that's very exciting. Um, yeah, yeah, we went to the we've gone to the beach. Uh, we we did a we did a 25 mile bike ride on the Strand last sat on Saturday I think it was Saturday yes yeah, Saturday right um, yeah so which yeah, just, which uh, sister is he the son of this is Christine's younger son Austin Christine's my, my, Christine, my, Christine, yeah. Okay. yeah this this is Piper's brother uh, okay. as a matter of fact it was okay. funny at the concert last night I I we, we ran into a bunch of people I know and. Several people, I, I introduced them. They said, "Oh, is this Piper's brother?" Because everybody met Piper last year and a couple of years before. So, yeah. So we're right. having a good time, and we're going to go to the beach today. And then I think tonight we're going to. Today is Thursday. I think we're going down to the Redondo Pier for the concert down there. We're going to go down to Terraneo for the concert on Saturday. Um, you know, he's here for National Night Out. You know, we we do the the block party here on my block for National Night Out. Um, we have barbecues planned. We have all this fun stuff planned. It's fun. Wow. That's perfect. It's fun having kids for a little while. I always enjoy it for a few weeks each summer. <clears throat> and then you can give them back. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Anyway, we have well, a we returning have, guest this morning, uh, one, of, one of our regulars. One of our regulars. One of our regulars, but Jackie, we have a sitting city council member, you know, it's very special that our local government officials will take time out to, to you know, obviously they do interviews for radio and, and, and newspapers and so forth, but a local podcast like ours, it's very intimate, it's very, uh, uh, you know, approachable for people to share with their friends and their neighbors. And so this is, this is the mark of someone who really wants and enjoys being a, a public figure, and uh, this this guest um, is very deserving of the accolades that he's gotten. So, Jackie, who's our guest today? Okay, our guest this morning is Torrance City Council Member Aurelio Matucci. Now, Aurelio was elected to the Torrance City Council in June of 2018. He currently serves as chair of the Transportation Committee and as a member of both the Strategic Plan Committee and Citizen Development and Enrichment Committees. Now, prior to his council election, Aurelio served as vice chair of the Social Services Commission and as a board member of the Torrance Rose Flow Association. He has been an active participant in the community as the Torrance Police Department Neighborhood Watch Camp Captain, founder of the Unified Small Business Alliance, and a board member of New Challenge Ministries, which is a local food bank. Now, this morning, we're going to discuss several topics with Aurelio. We're going to talk about the coyote issue. We're going to talk about the homeless issue uh, and, and other things. But, um, and, oh, the, the big black tie event uh, that was just a couple of weeks ago, which was which is a huge event. 
uh, that Aurelio pulled together uh, a few years ago. And uh, we're gonna, so we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. Welcome back to the program, Councilman. We're so glad you could join us this morning. Thank you for having me. I really I always appreciate a phone call to join you guys. Aurelio, thank you so much for joining us. Councilman, it just has a ring to it. <laughs> Councilman. So, Aurelio, tell us about uh tell us about first off your first uh, you know, a year and and a few months. How long has it been since you've been a councilman now? Well, the election was in June of 2018, but I, I didn't actually get right. sworn in till um, July 10th. So technically, okay. it's been a little little over a year that I've been sworn in. The rest of the time, I've okay. been sworn at. <laughs> give us give it wrap up the first 12 months. In government, you you had so many uh, government officials approaching you, and and you were so involved in the city in general and city government in general as a volunteer, uh, uh, being appointed to several committees. Uh, but it's different from the inside. Tell us about that difference. Well, it's definitely different from the inside. I think I, I've been warned many times when I was running, look, once you get in, you're going to hit that leather chair and all things are going to change. And uh, it's true. There's a certain level of temptation to fit in uh, just because, like everybody else, you go to school, you want to fit in. You go to a new uh, area, you want to try to fit in. Uh, this was completely new territory for me. And, um, yes, uh it is different on the inside, um, but you have to resist. You really have to resist those temptations to just try to fit in and make everybody happy. It's never going to happen mm-hmm. that way. But um, mm-hmm. if I had to sum mm-hmm. it up, uh, I would say fantastic. Uh, it's <laughs> definitely uh, everything everything and beyond what I would ever imagine uh, being in that right. position uh, would be. And, you know, I just consider myself um, – I guess just a speaker for for uh, people that want to change, and I'm pushing for that change. And of course, you're going to get some pushback and criticism, and attacks. But uh, right. that just comes comes with the job, I guess. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it does. Anytime. It does, it does, anytime. Does. Anytime you put yourself out there in any capacity, you know. You're, there are always going to be people that use you as a punching bag. You know, I experienced that as well. You know, believe it or not, uh, you know, because I have a, I have a platform. Um, so Aurelio, and, and you know, I follow you on social media, and I, I, I see, I see, I see, I see the pushback you get, you know, from certain groups and and individuals and stuff. But that's, you know, when you put yourself out there, you got to expect that, right? Oh, absolutely. The minute you have an opinion, you're going to have an opposing opinion coming towards yeah. you, especially if you do have a platform such as being on the city council, which is, you know, it's televised, it's covered by the local papers. Um, well, if you know, we don't really have a local paper anymore, but uh, Daily Breeze uh, kind of spread out into the greater Los Angeles area. So I heard you guys mention earlier that it's so nice that a local 
politician goes on a, a local show like yours, and I'm thinking, right. why wouldn't I? I mean, it's it's the best way best way to let people know what's going on is to be local. Uh, if you pick up the right. Los Angeles Times, you're reading everything except about the South Bay. You know, you want to um, hit the South Bay, you gotta, you got to tap into the South Bay. I'll tell you, right. that's one of my biggest pet pet peeves, Aurelio. I, 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 it just it irks me to no end that so many uh, regional papers, let's say regional, Los Angeles Times, um, uh, e- even the Daily Breeze, but other publications like Los Angeles Magazine, LA Weekly, and then you get into the social media pages. You know, a lot of times they'll have separate sections, you know, uh, downtown LA, the valleys, and then there'll be a section for South Bay, and it's like everything listed there is happening in Long Beach. You know, I'm like Long Beach. Long Beach. Long Beach is not the South Bay. It's not yeah, the South sorry, Bay. Guys. It's, it's in San Pedro Bay. You know, they do the yeah. same thing with restaurant listings. If you go to Los Angeles Magazine or LA Weekly, and you go to the restaurant section South Bay, they're they're listing rest, restaurants that aren't even in the South Bay. You know, fortunately, we have a couple here and there that have gained notoriety in the last few years. Really good restaurants, but. And and you know what? Every time I see that, I shoot them an email. I'm like, Long Beach is not the South Bay, you know. Belmont Shores right. is not the South right. Bay, you know. Seal Beach it's is not the right. South Bay, you know. Yeah, it's it's one of my one of one of my minor annoyances in life. But <laughs> anyway, no, we're we're thrilled that you come on, and you know, and and we do, we we get our you know local city council people from all all of the South Bay cities on, uh, you know, whenever they have news and stuff. Um, so let's get to it, um, Aurelio. Right. You recently hosted the big black tie event. I think was, this might have been the third or fourth year, which uh, benefits New Challenge Ministries, of which you're very active in. So how was that? You had a, a very, very, very big uh, keynote speaker this year. Yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, we always try to invite a um, – a keynote speaker that would uh, not not just attract people but also attract attention to the uh, the show. Um, you know, I'm calling it a show because technically, when when you're there and you're, uh, you know, I, I need to invite you guys uh, a little bit more uh, with a stronger approach. Mm-hmm. I know I sent you an inv- an invite, but I, I think I need to you need to sit at my table and experience what I get to experience at the Black Tie uh, mm-hmm. event. It's it's truly eye opening. You know, we show some slides uh, from what we've done throughout the year, um, and also we, uh, you know, we put out the numbers and stuff. You know, last year we we've helped over 300,000 individuals that were experiencing homeless with their daily struggles. And when I talk about daily struggles, I talk about just you know food, uh, clothing, clean clothing, and um, and and possibly you know a hug. You know, you'd be surprised yeah. how, mm. how far a hut can go for somebody, especially children. Children, you know, are the, really the most vulnerable in these situations. We have a, a lot of families that are living in cars that will just, you know, literally just drive up, pick up some food, and uh, and go park somewhere and eat it. You know, it's just it's truly sad to see that. So, But New Challenge Ministries, um, you know, they've uh, I've been part of uh, their board for a couple of years now. Um, I've really been involved with them for many years, I think since 2013, I believe. And uh, I just love what they do. They don't take they don't take one penny from tax dollars. 
uh, no grants or anything. It's 100% funded by individuals, uh, such as the individuals that came and donated at the Black Tie event. And uh, mm-hmm. it's really amazing work, truly amazing work. Uh, we're run on a shoestring uh, budget, but yet right. we help out thousands, tens of thousands a year, hundreds of thousands a year, actually. So. And, uh, but uh, and this, nope. uh, this Black Tie event, uh, the keynote speaker was Larry Elder. He was, I think, a great attraction. Uh, we were yeah. very fortunate to uh, be able to get somebody of his magnitude to our event. Um, you know, it did come, did come with some pushback. You know, he is a conservative uh, speaker. But, you know, we don't look at political party. We had people from all walks of life, all walks of life in that room. Yeah. And we all shared one common goal is to help uh, hunger here in the South Bay. The yeah. sage of, of the sage of, what do they call them? The sage of South Central. Yeah. South Central. The sage of South Central. I was going to say the sage of South Bay, but, but you know, that's where my mind's at. Hey, oh, yeah, of, I know your mind is in the South Bay. I wonder <laughs> yeah. why. <laughs> the sage of South and, uh, Bay. So Steve, was that amazing? I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Steve Napoletano was there, the Manhattan Beach mayor. Uh, That's correct. The MC, yeah, our, is that, right? our, that is correct. He's a, he's a great right. guy. He's a great speaker, um, and he he's just just a funny guy, loving guy, and a good looking guy. You know, he's, he gets up there, <laughs> yeah. and, and uh, it's like, okay, ladies, you can close your jaws now. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic, fantastic, and no mention of New Challenge Ministries is complete without the name. John Hernandez. Can you talk a little bit about what John has accomplished? John Ross Hernandez is probably one of the most loving, amazing uh, people. Um, But nothing, nothing would ever happen without his beautiful wife, Laura. Laura Mm -hmm. is the brains, (laughs) brains, uh, she has a huge heart, but she's so organized and, and such a uh, I mean, yeah, the, just the way she puts things together. Without her, there, there would be no black tie event. Uh, she's truly the brains behind everything. Uh, I came up with the concept three years ago. This was actually our third annual and probably mm. the most successful and, and the most uh, fruitful because uh, we were able to raise uh, close to $10,000 net. Um, wow. For for New Challenge Ministries, which for us is, is huge. It doesn't sound huge, mm-hmm. but um, it's definitely huge for us. It's our biggest fundraiser that we've ever mm-hmm. had. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Wow. Okay. Well, then uh, we know that, uh, you know, uh, number four is coming, right? Is that already in the works? Oh, absolutely. The, the, the next day, yeah, the fourth annual. The way we do it, the the next day we, uh, after the uh, event, we already book our uh, following. Uh, I believe it's July. It's going to be in July again. Yeah. And I can't remember exactly what day. July, I think yeah, it was July 18th, is what I'm thinking. Yeah, July mm-hmm. 18th or the 25th. But anyways. Uh, the room is still going to be at the uh, Torrance Marriott. They, they've been mm-hmm. wonderful. 
they gave us the whole outside patio and the downstairs. You know, that they have that uh, beautiful kind of like a semi-round room mm-hmm. downstairs. I forget what it's called, but uh, yeah, Thornton's Marriott has been wonderful to us. The first annual one was a double tree, and uh, we had a lot of hiccups there, and so we decided to move venue. But um, they've been treating us good there, and it's a great venue. People like it. Uh, gives people an, uh, an opportunity to uh, dress up, you know, that mm-hmm. once-a-year thing that you dress up for. You know, yeah. And, uh, and uh, we just had a great time. Great time. Okay. Pretty good cause. Okay. A great cause. Excellent. Excellent. Well, now there's lots and lots of topics to discuss with the sitting city council member in Torrance. But the the two subjects that Jackie really wanted to cover um, were uh, the local coyote issue and the local homeless issue. So how do we want to take those, Jackie, and in what order? Um, Let's start with the coyotes because from everything I see on social media, they're becoming quite bold. I, I mean, every day, numerous times a day, I'm seeing posts. You know, people's pets, people are posting videos, they're boldly walking down the street, in the middle of the street, in the middle of the day. Um, and Aurelio, I know that you've been so active in this. You know, there, you know, there, there was talk about trapping and relocating, trapping and euthanizing. Um, bring us up to date on what's going on there. Okay, well, last year I brought up at City Council that we revisit our coyote plan. Uh, the coyote plan that we had in place, uh, let's put it this way, it wasn't working. <laughs> uh, we weren't really truly following it to begin with, but uh, it had a lot of, I guess, holes in the process. Uh, so we revisited. Uh, of course, you know, that got very heated. Uh, we uh, we invited the public. Well, we When I say we, it's me. I invited the public in to, to come in. Uh, we decided to put together an organization. It's not an actual physical organization, but the Evict Coyotes uh, uh, group uh, grew grew t- tremendously over the last, especially the last few months. We've expanded into th- many different territories. Uh, we're actually changing some of the coyote plans in uh, various areas of California. Um, and we're all doing this under, really under Evict Coyotes, which is really nothing, just a, a virtual club you know, of people mm-hmm. that are just fed up with, uh, you know, having to live in fear. And we have in the group many coexisters. These are people that once believed that, you know, coyotes were here first, that, that, you know, we need to coexist and be all happy and jolly until one of them jumps their backyard and takes their pet right out, in many, in some cases, right off their leash. Like tearing, ah. you know, I don't want to sound, I don't want to sound too graphic, but literally, like right off the leash, they're in their own backyards with a leash, and that's what happened. So, anyways, uh, the yeah, so the group has been growing. Uh, we have been very active, but here in Torrance, in the city of Torrance, uh, we did end up voting in some some changes, uh, which are going to include uh, five months out of the year trapping and euthanasia because. Unfortunately, state law doesn't allow us uh, doesn't allow us to uh, to um, relocate. Relo- okay. Yeah, California doesn't why, allow why, that. Why? Why? 
why is that? I don't understand. Why is that? Why don't they allow you uh, to pick them up someplace else? Well, if you really think about it, I don't think anybody really wants coyotes to to be in bigger numbers in their area. It's like, hey, you know, we need we need some coyotes today. Bring them on, you know. Uh, they do disrupt oh, no. the balance of nature. You know, if you, oh, oh, you know, so move you, them. I, I I was thinking like the Angeles National Forest. So so if you just dump a bunch of coyotes there, it's gonna uh, screw it up for the other wildlife. I didn't well, think it'll, it'll, well, it'll be the it'll be uh, really nice for the mountain lions and bears right. <laughs> because that's that's their you know apex predator for them. You know? So that's, yeah, that's the you know that's the thing. But um, yeah, I mean here in the urban settings, you just don't have you don't have enough um, predator. You know, I mean we're the predator for coyotes. They're they're technically uh, without the presence of mountain lions and bears, uh, the coyotes are going to be overpopulated, which is which has been happening, and uh, we're just not um, not dealing with with it properly. And uh, I think uh, right. five months out of the year is not aggressive enough, in my opinion. I'm actually I'm one of the people that actually voted no on this particular plan because I felt that it was weak. And uh, we'll find out. We're allowing these pups to. Uh, to uh, pop out and and um, we've been seeing a lot more bolder attacks, coyotes, coyotes impacts going into people's homes. Right, just not not healthy and not safe. Well, no, I would think I would think not. Jeez, well, uh, well, have you talked to? Are, are are other surrounding cities having the same issue? It, like, is Torrance impacted a little more because because you, you're so close to the hill and there's more open space up there? Uh, like, are, is Hermosa having the same issue? Is I know I've seen a couple of pictures of coyotes in Manhattan Beach, but it, how much how much is Torrance being affected compared to other South Bay cities? Well, I think Torrance is a little bit more. Uh... You know, it, it's a drive-through city. It's a walk-through city. It's a you know we're right in the dead smack middle. So yeah, we're gonna have a little bit probably a little bit more coyote traffic, and we're also almost 21 square miles of territory, which gives us a little bit of a you know uh, more exposure. Let's put it that way. Yeah. But you know you're gonna have a lot of listeners today that are gonna be rolling their eyes saying, well, you know, just keep your pets inside, keep your children safe, you know, watch your, you know, be a little more responsible as a pet owner. But my question to those <laughs> those listeners is, at what point did we give up our backyards? At what point did we hmm. give up our ability to leave a, a window open or a door open so that we can get some fresh air? You know, and at what point did our pets are you know have to be uh, constrained to uh, living in indoors for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, if yeah. I have a if I have a 25 pound dog that I want to open the kitchen door and let out to not only go to do their thing but to go out and play with a ball or whatever, I should be able to do that without the fear of predator coyotes jumping over my wall and killing it. You know, not to mention yeah. my kid. I told my kid yeah. he can't go out there by himself. You know, he's eight years old. He wants to play. And if mom or myself aren't there to watch him, I don't want him out there by himself. You know, and, and so mm-hmm. fully gated, right? Fully secured. I got cameras and everything. But cameras aren't going to deter a coyote from uh, from uh, right. on my kid. 
Right. You know, I don't want to live like that, and I definitely don't want to live in an area where our local politicians don't put public safety first. Public safety has to be above wildlife, period, period. Mm-hmm. Wildlife, yeah. in, this, in this particular case, is no longer wild because what happened to the balance? They're overpopulating. Mm-hmm. And all I'm asking is that we get involved. Everyone, every city should put human human life and, and the protection of uh, private property, which unfortunately, you know, pets are considered private property, not they're not like to me they're more like family members to to many. They're more like family members. We should have the right to protect our families uh, under all circumstances and regain access to our property. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, that's you know something if you're taking your dog out for, you know, a lot of people, you know, people that live in apartments, condos and stuff, they have to, you know, they come home from work, they got to take their dog out for work, maybe after dinner, maybe it's dark. You don't want to have to worry about walking down a street at night having your your dog on a leash and and having one of these predators come at you because that's what that 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 happens. That happens. Yeah. Um, I have a yeah. good friend of mine that had two dogs killed right in front of her while she's trying to kick the coyote. The coyotes are not afraid. Okay, in the wild they may be, because they're not used to human contact. These are multi generational urban coyotes. And what I mean by that is they're the they're probably the the grandchildren of the coyotes or the great grandchildren of the coyotes. You know, their lifespan is relatively short in the wild for a very good reason. <laughs> they're not on the top of the food chain. They become food right. For mountain lions and bears, okay? in the city, they do as they please. Their lifespan, I believe, in the wild is uh, less less than five years. I mean, uh, three to five years, you're you're gone. Uh, in the in the city, I mean, they live to to be old and gray. You know, I'm talking about mm-hmm. ten years plus. You know, the, uh, mm-hmm. the average age of a of a of a domestic pet. And, and they're healthy. Have a problem. I mean, and, oh, they're yeah, plenty I mean, healthy. There's plenty of food. You know, yeah. I love the people that tell me, well, keep the food and water away. They'll go away. It's like, what are you talking about? There's food and water on every little corner you turn in the city. You know, we're a city. They're eating fruit off of trees. You want me to just pick fruits or cut down all my fruit trees? I mean, I don't get the concept of, oh, we'll just, you know, lock up your pets, watch your kids, be a responsible homeowner. And you know, not leave food and, and uh, not leave food and uh, and water outside. What well, what about sprinklers? That's water runoff from sprinklers. I mean, listen. <laughs> hey, I, you know what? I'm not going to argue whether they're here first or not. Well, now humans are here. Okay, yeah. and we deserve and want a safe place to to uh, to live. And coyotes aren't making it safe. They have attacked children. Yeah. They've killed children. Okay, and you know, somebody you know said, "Well, that was one child in Glendale 30 years ago." Does it matter? Does it matter? Yeah. It shows you that they 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 will kill. Yeah, yeah well, these, these are yeah, domestic pets. These, these they kill to eat. Yeah. Well, you eat. know, it, it this situation reminds me of years ago, uh, Mammoth Lakes. Um, had a serious bear problem. Um, first off, people didn't, they just left their trash outside or, you know, they had these big trash. They, 
they don't have garbage pickup in Mammoth. They, they have areas like a dump and stuff. They have a couple of places. Yeah, most bounds the bounds places do, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, and the bears would just go, and they'd open the top, and they'd get in, they'd eat. And then they started discovering the trash outside of the bonds. And uh, before you know it, and this is not an exaggeration, at one point they had almost 300 bears living in town. In wow. the town of Mammoth, mm-hmm. they had their dens under buildings. That you know, and and everybody knew them. You know, they they everybody knew them, and the situation just got so bad that they hired a, a specialist. His name was Steve, Steve Searles, who came in and um, uh, humanely uh, re-educated the bears to be afraid of humans. You know, rubber bullets, air horns, uh, you know, pepper spray. That's you know, because obviously nobody wanted to kill a bunch of bears. But he literally single-handedly ran the bears out of town because they had just gotten so, so – and then they got tougher with the with the trash. You know, everything had to have a lock on it and stuff. I mean, one one morning, mm-hmm. I'm, at my, I'm at my kitchen window at the sink doing some dishes, and I look out, and I see a bear on my neighbor's deck. They had just uh, – they had they – had, I don't know if they had just moved in or they – but they had some packing, crate, packing boxes on the deck. And the bear just walked up the steps around the deck and was rummaging through these boxes. And I went outside, and I grabbed the top of the uh, – barbecue uh with with the 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 spatula and i started banging it to scare the bear off the bear wasn't scared you know and and then eventually he strolled off their deck across the street that that neighbor's garage door was open (laughs) he walked there he immediately started mauling a cooler because they 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 know bears know that's why if you go to places like yellowstone you know yosemite uh pitons you don't leave coolers backpacks in the car because if they see them they'll break into them and because they assume it's food you know, so so yeah, right. the wild animals get very comfortable in uh, you know, in urban areas, and uh, and yeah, obviously these coyotes are doing the same thing. You know, they you know people leave their some people leave their pets' food outside. You know, it's a food source. You know, why not, right? So Aurelia, why right. are they only why are they only trapping five months out of the year? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> well, you know, it was uh, it was. Voted in, voted in by. Uh, it was proposed and voted in by one of the other council members, uh, which uh, he was originally against doing anything. He voted against even getting a report. So it's funny how they kind of change their mind when you got a couple hundred people wearing red shirts that says "Evict Coyotes" in front of you. But um, yeah, the the the, the plan, in my opinion, is weak. Let's try it out. But uh, next next uh, next year, when we see the results, if I'm, I'm I, if I'm not personally happy, we still have uh, attacks and torrents, and we still have sightings and torrents. That means the the coyotes are still in too large of a number uh, of their population. So we need to, you know, continue and possibly do full time trapping until we until we get to the point where coyotes are retreated into their rural areas, wherever that might be. You know, people can say, well, we overdeveloped, blah, blah, blah. Well, where are people supposed to live that coyotes aren't there? You know, I mean, yeah. you have to live mm-hmm. somewhere. I mean, I'm sorry, you know, for the coexisters. Um, I'm sorry. If you really want to live with the wild, move to Big Bear. There's plenty of wild animals there and cheap properties. But when it comes to living in the urban setting, uh, I want to be able to enjoy enjoy my uh, my my neighborhood. And go for a walk <laughs> without having to 
I don't want to have to go for a walk <laughs> carrying a baseball bat. I mean, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's probably it, it, it might be illegal too. You know, I don't know that if uh, I was walking down well, the street with a baseball bat. Well, nowadays that, uh, you tell a cop that you know I'm worried about uh, I'm worried about uh, uh, vagrants and uh, coyotes. I think they'll let you go. They'll let you get away with it. All right. Well, listen, that's a great segue, but we're going to do a very quick station break, right, Joe? Let's do a station sure. break, and then I want to come back, and I want to talk about the homelessness. Yeah. The homelessness right. issue. Right. Okay, Joe? Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us today. This is the South Bay Show. You're listening to the South Bay Show. Guess what? We talk about issues, current events. We talk with city council members in the South Bay. This is a hyper-local podcast on Thursdays at 8 a.m. We're South Bay um, Spotlight. And on Fridays, we are Manhattan Beach Chamber 360. On Fridays, we're sponsored by the Manhattan Beach Chamber, primarily talking about business issues and government issues in the city of Manhattan Beach. But, of course, we talk about special events and charity events and sporting events and all kinds of things So join us. Share this show with your neighbors, with your friends. Uh, Focus on the South Bay. Learn what's going on. Um, Of course, uh, our uh, sister publication, uh, SouthBayByJackie.com. Please uh, frequent that website and and subscribe to the the weekend guide. Um, You will always be clued in on the best things that are happening in the South Bay. And now with that, Jackie, let's go on. All right. So, council member. So, we all know because uh, they've been doing homeless counts now. I think it's every two years, uh, L.A. County. The homeless population has exploded. There, I believe the number at the last count was 57,000 people in L.A. County alone. Um, we've all seen the images on TV and social media, we've seen it in person. You drive downtown. You drive to Staples Center for a game. You go downtown to work. You, you go to Venice to recreate. Uh, the, it, 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 many parts of the city have become tent cities. Um, it's awful. It's terrible. I, it, even though I am aware of it, it still shocks me when, when I get off a freeway and I see these encampments which are causing all sorts of problems. Just uh, yesterday, uh, another fire. Last year, um, homeless and homeless encampment started a fire up near Beverly Hills, Bel Air. Uh, there was another fire just the other day, uh, 10 acres or something. There, uh, and, and, and many of these are being blamed on open fires, grills, you know, whatever they're using to cook. It, it, and then you take into account the disease, the disease factor. Uh, these populations, the, the the rat population, has just gone through the roof. Um, L.A. County can't even can't even keep up with it. And with the rats come diseases that we haven't heard about in centuries: uh, bubonic plague, typhoid, things that we thought were gone long ago. Uh, uh, Doctor Drew, a local talk radio guy is all over this, um, not just locally, but I, I, I see him on national shows talking about how all, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. You know, I live in Los Angeles, and my family and friends that live all over the rest of the country are looking at the nightly news 
and seeing these, and they're like, wow, that's California now. Yeah, it's California now. Now, here in the beach cities, you know, we have 13, 14 cities in the beach cities, small cities. You know, we're not Los Angeles. We don't want to be. Um, but our numbers have risen as well. And even though it may not sound like a lot, you know, 127 homeless people in, in a city of 65,000, you know, it's up from, you know, 12, you know, three years ago. Uh, the numbers are exploding. No, nobody can argue that. And Aurelio, it's it seems to me there's what you we were just discussing with the coyotes. There are the coexisters with the coyotes. There there are coexisters with the homeless. You know, there I just saw a thread yesterday on Facebook. Somebody posted a picture of a homeless a tent, tents, couple of tents on Torrance Beach. And I was reading this thread, and it's amazing. I mean, how many people are just at odds? You know, it's so funny. It's it's not just the political climate in this country that have people at each other's necks, but local homeless the local homeless issue has neighbors, you know, shouting down neighbors. You know, well, where do you want them to go? Leave them alone. Well, he's defecating on our beach and shooting up in front of our kids. You know, I, and yet there are still a lot of people that are okay with that, which I personally don't understand. Tell us what it, it seems like each city is has is coming up for, formulating their own plans with how to deal with it. I read an article in one of the in one of the local papers recently about Redondo Beach has has they're doing things now. They're taking steps and they have this way they're going to deal with it. Um, what is Torrance? What is Torrance dealing with? What are the numbers for Torrance, and 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 what is the city doing about it? Well, the, uh, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Uh, it, it is really important to me, and and it, it's funny because I, I get criticism from uh, certain people, you know, certain people, certain groups, about you know me being heartless and not having uh, compassion and blah blah blah. Uh, but people forget that I've actually served over two and a half years on the Social Services Commission. I've um, you know, been involved with New Challenge Ministries, but that's our main thing is to help uh, people experiencing homeless and, 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 and shortage of food or access to food. Now, what I've seen is that certain people are, okay, you're right, there are some coexisters with the homeless. Um, if you personally think that allowing somebody to live on our streets, shoot up uh, heroin, drink, uh, walk around like zombies with men, you know, with mental illnesses that are being untreated. Uh, if you think that that's acceptable and that's part of their freedoms, then I would say that you probably need to get your head checked because that to me is the truly inhumane factor of society is that we're allowing them to destroy themselves. If somebody's on the edge of a, of a, of a bridge, uh, you know, ready to jump off, what are we going to do? Try to stop them, right? We're going to grab yeah. them and stop them and pull them off the edge, right? Off that ledge. Mm-hmm. Now, the homeless shooting up in the, in the middle of a, of, a, of a park, a public park, leaving their needles there, defecating uh, on public property where kids play. And, and uh, it, to me, it's just, it's unheard of. It's something that 
should never be allowed. Uh, of course, you got these uh, Ninth Circuit uh, uh, courts that are constantly, constantly, in their mind, protecting people's personal rights, but when, in fact, they're infringing on everybody else's rights. That's what they're doing. Because I personally feel that we have a right to a safe and clean environment. Okay, We pay taxes for that. We we uh, we work hard, get involved in our communities for that, and to just allow a small percentage of uh, the population that has, you know, in some cases it's not to their fault. Okay, whether you know they must have lost, they could have lost their job. Those are the easiest ones to fix. The ones that are financially, the, the ones that are the financial uh, financially distraught, the ones that you know lost their jobs, can't really find something that uh, allows them to make enough money to live in a certain area. Those are the easy ones. Those you just give them a Section 8 voucher and a couple food stamps, and boom, you're on your way. Okay? Right. The true problem is that the vast majority of the people living on the streets are either drug addicts, alcoholics, or mentally ill, or all of the above. Yeah. When I say mental illness, I'm talking about a whole spectrum of problems. You know, PTSD for our veterans. we got we got uh, schizophrenia. We we have so many different variables that we have to deal with, but we're not dealing with them. Why? Because the homeless, the homeless issue has become a homeless industry, a multi-billion-dollar industry for LA County. They don't want to fix a cash cow. Let's be honest. Four hundred and thirty million dollars. Are projected for for uh, just Measure H alone for LA County. LA County's measure at four hundred and thirty-one million dollars. That's a down Brother. payment of a condo. That's a down payment in a condo in Palm Desert for each and every person. <laughs> each and every person that's experiencing homelessness in in Los Angeles County. That's their down payment for a condo in Palm Desert. I'm in real estate. I know the prices. That's wow. a down payment for each and every one of them. And yet, you drive through downtown, not just downtown, everywhere. Look at Vermont and Lomita Boulevard. It's a crap hole. It's disgusting, yeah. and it's shameful, shameful that we just allow it to happen. Why? Because this is a huge Money maker for LA County, a huge money maker for the city of Los Angeles. Organizations are latching on to latching on to Measure H like if there's it's their lifeline. It's disgusting. Some of these organizations should be shut down. Some of these nonprofits should be shut shut down. Six figure incomes for their principals, and people are dying on our streets. Over a thousand people died on our streets of LA last year because. You know, we're allowing them to shoot up heroin. We're allowing them to uh, die of uh, malnutrition. We're allowing people to die for the sake of saving their their uh, rights to do whatever they want. And I'm sorry, destroying our neighborhoods with trash. You, did, you, did you see the reports on the water quality? No. Feces being found in the oceans. Oh, don't tell me. Some I don't want worst, to hear this. Some, some of the worst. <laughs> well, I think about it. You got fifty-nine thousand people that don't have, don't, don't that are experiencing uh, homelessness, and uh, that's that's the ones that we know of. Because remember, not everybody's being counted. 
right. Not everybody's right. being captain. Yeah, no, I don't even want to hear about that. I, I was I was going to the beach today, Aurelio. I I didn't need to hear that. Um, it, no, it's it's unbelievable. I you know it used to be back in the day um, when you'd see somebody on the street. Well, first go back to your point about the people that are just down on their luck. The people that lost their job, they're living out of their car. Maybe there might be a family involved. Those are the those are the easy people to help. They want help. Yes. Um, these other these other people do not want help, and well, they're, they're yeah, they're not, you're right. They're not they're refusing help. A lot of them are refusing help. According to Torrance PD, okay, over ninety percent of the ones in Torrance have some kind of substance abuse uh, problem. Yeah. Now you look at the reports on uh, the LA County website. They make it sound like uh, everybody's uh, the only thing that they're missing is a steady job and a roof. BS. Yes. Yes. I call BS. I call BS. Yeah. I call yeah. BS. It's an yeah. industry, Jackie. It's an industry. They're making hundreds of millions of dollars a year to be spent on their buddies' nonprofits. Yeah. That's no, I've happening. I've heard all this. I, I mean, I've heard, I've heard I've heard a bunch of different numbers. It's very interesting. On one of the uh, AM talk radio shows. Uh, uh, the mayor of LA was saying we assist we helped 30,000 people last year and and but that they, they didn't quantify that they just said 30,000 people okay maybe you helped people get into a shelter for the night and then they came back next week yeah. you know so they may no, be uh, counting them three, four, five Jackie, times. you know what I, help is yeah. help according to politicians and some of these organizations and I called it the the soap bar and a sandwich approach Here's a sofa, mm-hmm. here's a sandwich, we helped you. Next, that's not helping somebody. You got to yeah. get them off the drugs. You got to get them into programs to where they can train. Well, once you get them off the drugs, if you can get them off the drugs, if you can give them uh, a medication for their uh, mental illnesses, if they're treatable, if they're willing to do it, period. That's the problem. There's a bunch of ifs, a bunch of variables, and we keep on throwing money at this problem. When we should be changing the laws, the laws need to allow to take off the handcuffs off the police officers and put them on the criminals. Because drug, listen, this is Torrance PD. This is Torrance. I can only speak on Torrance PD. I don't know what LA, LA, forget it. LA has failed its people. Los Angeles yeah. as a whole has failed its people. And they need to revolt at the ballot boxes. That's what they need to do. They need to eliminate. I don't care who they vote for, Democrat, Republican. They need to vote for people that are willing to spearhead the issue with changing that legislation. This is, this is the real problem. We keep on throwing money when money is not the issue. We're one of the richest parts of the world, one of the biggest economies in the world. And you mean to tell me that 59,000 people experiencing homeless, all you, could, all you have to do is give them a job? In a cheap place to live, and you're good. That's not the problem. <laughs> I wish mm-hmm. that was the problem. That would be the easiest one to fix. That's not the problem. There's companies with waiting lists, and they can't fill positions. They can't fill positions, and you mean to tell me they can't find a job? Of course, they can find a job. The problem is that there's mental illness, alcoholism, and drug abuse. Because the rest, a very small percentage, the financially homeless. First of all, we need to stop calling them homeless because 
we have over five percent vacancy rate as we as we speak right now in the South Bay. Okay, mm-hmm. so homeless means they don't have a roof over their head, an affordable housing. What's affordable? What do you consider affordable? You know, affordable. There's plenty of affordable housing. Just go to, uh, just go to. Um, um, uh, I was gonna say La Jolla, but uh, uh, 29 Palms. Go to go to 29 Palms. I mean, they, they have houses for sale for 35 grand. Okay, so don't you know this whole thing that Southern California is too expensive? No, it's because you want to live in the Greater Los Angeles area. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. And we all know that. Surprising. We we all know that the government. Uh, you know, just is they're not efficient enough. You know, with this measure H, they've got all this money sitting there. And, and Joe, what did they do? They built like 28 units downtown or something at some ridiculous cost for millions I mean, of go- dollars. Yeah, billions of dollars. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, any any anybody in real estate will tell you, but it's the government. Anytime you get government involved, all they know how to do is waste money. They're not efficient. Government has never been efficient. Um, and, you right. know, it's interesting. We recently had uh, – last month we had on a group in Manhattan Beach formed um, MB Safe, uh, Safe Alternatives for Everyone. A group of residents got together. They're so fed up with what's going on in their town that they 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 get they got together and they put together this group and and they are in the city's face you know they're in the city's face every every council meeting they you know they're on, on social media um you know people you know it gets to that point eventually people get fed up and groups form and and as you said a bunch of people show up at your city council meeting in Redshirts well in um, Manhattan Beach the, that particular group pushed their city council to come up with an ordinance that made it illegal to sleep on the streets. Now, then there's a Ninth Circuit Court of Appeal, a Boise, Idaho uh, case that, that ruled that that was unconstitutional uh, because it it, uh, it uh, violated people's personal rights to live on the street. Okay. Now, if you live on the street, you obviously don't have facilities. So now you're taking a, <laughs> you're taking the dump on somebody's yard. I think, you know, that's right. great. You know, God bless America. Right. But, uh, but they did put some speculation in there in the in the I guess in the the fine not the findings the uh, the outcome of that particular case said that well if you want to do this you, we'll allow you to do this but you need to provide alternative housing so Manhattan Beach said okay fine we'll do it so now they have something in place to where you can't sleep on the street but they will give you a ride to a shelter that they have a, I guess a contract with uh, that's something that I want to do for Torrance uh, you know. You really truly want to help people. You need to push them into into helping themselves because it, a simple no, I don't need any help, and then you sleep on somebody's uh, uh, sidewalk in front of their house and uh, urinate in the corner while their kids are playing outside. I, I don't know if that's the, the American way of doing things. You know, I, mm-hmm. I believe in personal personal rights, but I also believe in helping people and pushing people to do better and destroying themselves. Destroying themselves in our streets, dying on our streets—that's inhumane, and we need to do something about mm. it. And people are fed up. And I'm, I'm happy that it hasn't gotten violent, but look—it's mm. going to get to the point where people are going to get really, really upset that people are coming onto their properties. And uh, there's—I see uh, people sending me uh, photos of people setting up tents in people's front front yards. No, 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 that, no, 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 no. Personal rights, one thing. Personal responsibility is another. Personal property, 
is not touchable. You know, anybody yeah. tries to set up a tent on my front yard, they, they, you know, that, that, that's going to be another story. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. Manhattan, the Manhattan Beach Group, they, I think they contracted with an, uh, a, a, a shelter in Bell. So, so yeah, they have to list to yeah. pick them up and take them. And, and of course, you know, go ahead. Go and, ahead and that's, and, and I was going to, I'm going to say this because uh, he said it publicly. Our mayor, the minute this was brought up, okay, because I brought this up to bring it back to uh, council. Because I'm always the one bringing up stuff that nobody wants to talk about at a city council. Our own mayor said, "Oh, that's the unconstitutional law that Manhattan Beach put together." It's like, wow. Instead of instead of really looking into it, because it's not unconstitutional. Ninth Circuit Court said you can't do this, but you can do this. So that's not unconstitutional. What was proposed may have been unconstitutional, but what was put together is not. And what mm-hmm. happened to the rights of the 99.9% of the people that aren't mentally ill, drug addicts, or alcoholics, you know, defecating on our streets? What about their rights? What about their rights? Yeah. What about our well-being? What about our, the safety of our kids? We don't know what this mentally ill person is ready to do. There was a case in, uh, was it, a year ago? A man uh, was uh, stabbed. And, and killed oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. In, a, in, a, in a diner by some vagrant that just decided to walk up to him and stab him and kill him while he was holding his daughter in, uh, in his hands, in his arms. I mean, come on. Come on. Mm-hmm. Well, Aurelio, I'll We need I'll to tell get you realistic that this is not something that we need to take uh, uh, tread lightly on because I don't want Torrance or the South Bay to become the next Skid Row. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. If we have weak leadership, this goes all the way down to the, the school boards, to the mayor, state assembly, state senate, congressmen. We need to, we need to have some huevos, some balls in the game, okay? You know, this little soft approach ain't working. Just ask Joe Buscaino. You know, he keeps uh, he, yeah. he went on Fox yeah. News. Fox News uh, blaming surrounding cities for dumping people. Are you out of your mind, Joe? Are you out of your mind? Nobody's dumping anybody in your in your district anymore. You've caused the problem. Mm-hmm. You're part of the problem. Come up with legislature to get people off the street, not onto the street. We had an increase too. Ours almost yeah. doubled since last year. Why? Yeah. Because we're not fixing the problem as a whole. Everybody, not just Manhattan Beach, all the cities need to take the same approach. Off the street. Okay. Into a program, period. Okay, great segue, wow. Aurelio. We only have a couple of minutes here, but uh, Torrance in particular, uh, this next election, there's new. They've they've broken it up into districts now, right? District one, district. It's going to be like um, like uh, Redondo. Redondo has different districts, and you only vote for the council mem- the council person from your district. Um, tell us just a little bit about that. We just have uh, about two minutes left. Okay, two minutes left. We have uh, a, an attorney from Malibu making millions of dollars off the hardworking taxpayers because every city that's having to pay this bozo uh, is really taking out of taxpayers' money. This is the money that should be spent on streets and social programs, but no, it's going to some attorney in Malibu. We were forced to go into districts. Yeah. A decision like that needs to be made by the voters. Okay, that should have been a ballot measure. Mm-hmm. Do you want districts or not? But no, we were forced. Either that or face a multi million dollar lawsuit. Okay. 
we, that, that's really just extortion. We still have to write him a check for, I believe, $35,000 just to accept his demands. Oh, brother. And he's doing that to hundreds, hundreds of cities. Santa Monica is looking at possibly $10 million in a lost case. They're appealing it, but they might be ha- having to pay $10 million for, uh, for uh, attorney's fees, restitution of attorney's fees from this bozo from Malibu. Okay? So, yes, uh, we, are, we have been forced. Uh, March 2020 election is our first district election. We have districts uh, 2, 4, and 6 that are going to be on the ballot. We already have uh, six candidates running for those uh, three seats. And uh, in 2022, we're going to have a new mayor. Uh, their uh, mayor Pat Fury's uh, termed out, and quite honestly, uh, he's shown a lot of weakness. We need a leader in that seat that's willing to tell the police department and the city manager that every ordinance, every law, every crime needs to be uh, prosecuted in Torrance. That's the way you keep crime out of uh, Torrance. If you have to follow the, the laws, if not, you're going to get prosecuted. Period. We're living in right. like a radical deal opposition. These are the laws. These radical. are the laws that are already on the books. We don't have to yeah. reinvent the wheel. The laws are already there. We need to enforce each and every graffiti, enforce drug dealing, enforce vagrancy, enforce public intoxication, public use of, of uh, narcotics. These all need to be prosecuted. That's the only way you can help people is by taking them off the, their self-destructive path. And that's what right. they're doing. They're self-destructing. We need to help these right. individuals. I'm part of organizations that help hundreds of, hundreds of thousands of people a year because we care. We want that. We need to take that, that tough love approach. People no. doing drugs, no. some of them are young people. Young Aurelio. people destroying their lives. Aurelio. Yeah. We, yes. we, we, we're out of time, but next time, Aurelia, we're going to have to get you to talk more. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No. I get very okay. heated about no, no. this because I see our, I see our community too, falling apart. We quiet. need to bring it back together. You've been too quiet, and it's, <laughs> we're going to have to get you to talk more. All right, all right. <laughs> Strong no, leaders. No, I love it. Strong I leaders love it. everywhere. We, Come up. Rise we, up. We always love having you. We you're, the the common sense that you bring to government here in the South Bay is uh, evident to us, Jackie and I, and to many, many, many of our listeners. And we're so thankful for you. Um, God bless you, Aurelio. God bless you, Joe and uh, Jackie. You guys are wonderful. You guys are doing a great service for the community and. You know, if you still want me on your show, I'll be on there every day if you want. Okay? So. <laughs> hey, yeah, hey you you're my go-to, you, you're my go-to guy, Aurelio. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. All right, Joe, take us home. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our show today. We've just had uh, a session with the city city council member Aurelio Matucci. Please, uh, please uh, listen to his social media. Connect with his social media. Uh, you can see that he's very passionate and has common sense solutions for the problems here in the South Bay and all across the country. Uh, we could use you uh, to run for uh, president, Aurelio. <laughs> well, one step at a time. Let's see. <laughs> maybe next time. Maybe next time. Yeah, next okay. Time, next well, time. <laughs> maybe next time. 
uh, that's our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us, and uh, we will see you tomorrow for Manhattan Beach Chamber 360. Thanks, everyone, and, of course, thank you, Jackie. Always a pleasure, Joe. All right, that's our show. See you, everybody. Bye-bye.